This is episode number 14, and today is Monday, April the 4th, 2011. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Ministry Story Podcast. Churches have the greatest story on the planet to tell. Let's explore some ways that we can do that with greater effectiveness, impact, and excellence. Welcome to the Ministry Story Podcast. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your ministry story. Hey, David, I am Chris Cree. I have a company called Success Creations, and um, I do a lot of WordPress-related web publishing. I started out working, oh gosh, about three and a half years ago with small business, and recently I've kind of made the switch over to where my heart's desire is, which is helping uh, churches, ministries, and missionaries uh, reach more people with the gospel through web publishing. You know, I, I developed a service to do that. I call that a manual press. And it's just been a really interesting ride as I, I've made the transition from primarily working with small business to working a lot more with ministries, missionaries, and, and churches in that same arena. It's just been an, it's been an exciting time. So that's who I am. That's what I've been doing over the last, well, three or four years now, which is and on the web time, that's, that's a long time, it seems like. Although it feels like I just started yesterday to me. So that's kind of where I'm coming from, David. Great. Well, we, you and I originally connected what I think is about two years ago through Twitter. And it was just recently, however, though, that I discovered that you were doing this launch of Emanuel Press. And the interesting thing for me was that when I was looking through that website of what that new business offers, it was really, for me, like looking in the mirror of what I'm doing here at ministrystory.com. So I thought, what a great opportunity for us to, you know, have two like-minded guys who want to help churches and uh, that have very parallel sort of running careers and uh, Christian walks. And so I thought, you know, let's let's have you share a little bit of that. So could you maybe go a little bit more deeply into your story about how it has evolved from especially the last year or so where you've come to the point where now you really just have that heartbeat to serve churches through Emanuel Press and how that works. Yeah, you bet. It, it's interesting because I didn't set out to work with churches and ministries. You know, I, I focused on small business because as a business person, you know, my thinking was that's where the money is. And so I actually had a couple of different things, projects last year in, in 2010 that I worked on um, spent a lot of time, a lot of money, and made some bad business decisions. But my focus was working with, you know, particular niche markets of small businesses. And, you know, they, they included things like having a business partner that I should never have been going into business with in the first place, you know, pull out and take a bunch of my money and blah, 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 blah. It was just a bit of a debacle. It was a big learning curve for me as an entrepreneur. And as I was praying through a lot of that, God said, Chris, you can keep going down this road if you want. It, it's your choice. You can do that. Um, but just remember, I didn't ask you to do that. You're, you're doing what you feel, what, what I've called you to do, but you're doing it in your own strength. And you're only going to get the results that you can get in your own strength. I've got something better for you, but you need to wait on me. And I was like, well, and, and the, the image that God put in my head was like, Chris, you've built some Ishmaels. If you remember from the, the Old Testament, Sarah and, and Abraham um, wanted to fulfill God's call, and so they kind of got in their flesh and, and tried to make things happen, and, and Ishmael was the result. Well, Ishmael wasn't the child of promise. Isaac was. And God said, I've got an Isaac for you, 
but you need to do it my way. And long story short, you know, the more I started praying through that and, and doing some market research and seeing what was out there, I, it occurred to me that there are something like 350,000 churches in the United States. And of those, when you start looking at the average attendance on any given Sunday, it's about 186, except there's something like 40 megachurches that skew that number way up. If you look at the median in the states, it's about 75 in attendance on any given Sunday, which means half the churches in America have 75 or fewer people attending church. Well, I know from a fact, working with small businesses, that those small churches, they just don't have the budget to spend thousands of dollars on a website. I mean, I was part of a couple of church plants in the last few years. I know we didn't have the budget. And I thought, is there a way to serve those people? And that's kind of where Emanuel Press came out of. I know the technology. I know WordPress. I know how to make WordPress efficient. I know how to make it do things. And because I've been doing it with small business for the last five years. So I thought, why not take that knowledge and, and come up with a way to make it possible for churches, ministries, missionaries to get started at a very low price so it will fit into their budget. And the more I started working with that, the more God said, Chris, this is your Isaac. This is what I've got for you. And that's how Emmanuel Press came to be. Well, and you know what's funny about that is that I have a similar tale, though a little different, of course, but I always, in my heart, because I'm a businessman and my degrees in business and my career 20 years is in business, uh, you know, I was looking at it and thinking, well, if I'm going to do this, yeah, my heartbeat is to help churches, but I need to have a very heavy emphasis on small business because they're the ones with the money and they can pay and churches don't have any budgets, like you said. And and God really convicted me of that uh, when I was on a little retreat and he basically condemned me to that way of thinking anyway and, and made me realize that he was saying, you know, I do have the money. The churches do have the money. You just need to educate church leaders and pastors as to why they need to use, uh, you know, the web and other tools to communicate the gospel story. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you need to educate them. And once you educate them, they won't have a problem spending the money because they, they'll understand how important it is. And the Canadian situation is very much the same as the American situation, which is the average church size here is probably in that same ballpark between 75 and 100. We don't have nearly mm -hmm. the quantity of mega churches, but you know most churches here run in that ballpark between 75 and 100. That's probably the median size, and so we mm -hmm. have similar demographics uh, that we're we're dealing with here as well. Yeah, and the thing is, well, there's a couple of things that play into that. One is. You know, just like with small business, most small businesses know they need to have a website. Most churches know they need to have a website. But what happens is you, you've, you've got websites and then you've got websites. Yep. You know, because most organizations have, you know, to them a website is an online brochure. That when I hand somebody my business card, I hand somebody my church bulletin, and it's got the web address on it, and they'll go check out your website. So the only people that go to your website, if you've got a traditional brochure type website, is somebody that has already heard about your organization, which brings in a whole other irony is that um, most organizations tend to focus on how it looks rather than how it functions. And, and the, the irony is they're trying to make a good first impression, but the only people who ever see their website are people who've already had contact with the organization because That's they've true. been handed a business card or whatnot. Yeah. What I like to do is, you know, because I, I come from a blogging background, which, you know, I've been blogging since 2005. And blogging is, is really just a 
goofy, you know, geek-created word for web publishing. And with web publishing, you can put your own content on there as easy as typing an email. So you can add content to your website just very, very easily. And that means that you're doing all kinds of good things as far as reaching more people. And really that's what it's about when it comes to a church, a missionary organization, um, a ministry, is to reach more people with the gospel. And with, with good web publishing tools, you can do that very effectively. And then all of a sudden your website isn't just an online brochure. It's actually a way to touch more people and bring more people into the ministry. Exactly. And that's what I'm all about. I'm all about you know, creating conversations, dialoguing with real people, which is why I have an affinity for social media as well. But I think that's secondary to the web publishing component. You know, Facebook is great, but Facebook constantly changes their rules, and it's really hard to keep up. And, you know, what if the thing that you're doing on Facebook, Facebook decides, no, we don't want to allow that anymore, and they just click, throw, turn it off one day. Right. Then you're stuffed. Right. But if you have your own website where you're doing, publishing your own content, if Facebook changes the rules, that's okay. You're still bringing people back to your main site, and that's your focus, and, and you have control over that. And that's what it's all about. Right. And you're totally speaking my language uh, while you're going through that explanation. But I think what we might want to do is step back one step. And I, I'm going to ask you, for the pastor or church leader who's listening to this, mm -hmm. can you define a little bit more succinctly what exactly is web publishing and what does it entail? Sure. Um, web publishing, in, in the way I see it, is basically putting content on the Internet in a way that other people can consume it. All right, so you're publishing to the web. There are a lot of tools that make that easy. You know, there, there's, there's desktop tools. Where I focus in on is the, the website generating software that actually displays the, the content on the Internet, okay? And, and the, the, one of the platforms that I'm a big fan of is called WordPress. And that's just a fancy tool that's designed to make web publishing easy for people of modest technical means. Because quite frankly, you know, your average pastor, your average staff member of a smaller church, um, they're good communicators. They're, they're really good at, at, at preaching and teaching. They may not be as technically savvy. And that's why platforms like WordPress and ManualPress are, are great for those folks, because they're designed to make web publishing easy for people who aren't uber geeks like you and I. Right. You know, that, that don't have the skills to get in there and, and mess with PHP and CSS and HTML and all that junk. Um, they just want to communicate. Well, you can go on there as easy as typing a Gmail or a Yahoo Mail. If, if you can do that, then you can um, publish your own website with these tools. You may need some help setting it up. You may need a system that will, you know, get you jump-started. But once you're in there, you can add your own text. You can add your pictures, links, even videos with YouTube and whatnot. It, it becomes relatively easy to have a very powerful and effective website that will reach a whole lot more people than your traditional static brochure type website. Yeah, and you know, the nice part too is is and I think what pastors forget or what church leaders forget is that they are creating tons and tons of content every week just for the Sunday services alone. And mm -hmm. so yeah. um it just makes me think, and this wasn't really one of our original questions that I'd sent you, but how do you see a pastor or church being able to leverage all the work that goes into crafting that Sunday morning sermon or series? How do you see them leveraging some of that creation and then actually making it available on the web? Well, there's, there's several different ways, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you're typically, you're, you're, um, 
small, even the smaller churches typically will create some kind of bulletin. So they, they already have some kind of graphics they're creating for whether it's a sermon, standalone sermon or a sermon series. Typically, the pastor will type up notes, or he might even type up his sermon longhand. Well, that can go online. You know, you can just put the text online. Um, so you've got the graphics, you've got the text. Um, recording is relatively easy now. I mean, we're recording this using cell phones and PCs, right? So, or not cell phones, right? but anyway, we're using telephones and, and computers to record this interview. We're not, we're not in some studio. You don't need a lot of expensive equipment to record audio. So, you know, and most, even the smaller churches have sound systems. So it's relatively easy to record the audio. They can put the audio online. Um, camcorders, you can get a, a, a really nice quality. I mean, I've done a bunch of video using a $100 um, Kodak ZI8, you know, video camera. It's yeah, like a flip video. Yeah, and I'm using the flip video camera, and it's 100 bucks as well. Yeah, so you don't even need, I mean, if you wanted to record the video of your sermons, and put them online. So you've got all that different content, which there are all kinds of tools that make it easy to upload that content online. You know, there's services, YouTube, you can put short videos up. If you just have a, a you know, a 10, 15 minute message, you can put that up on YouTube, or you can edit it down. That might take a little bit of skill to edit the, the stuff. But if you want to go longer form, you know, there's services like Vimeo, which is another video sharing site, which um, is very inexpensive to be able to put up longer form videos. Um, and then you can just embed them in your website. You don't have to worry about the technology uh, behind it. There's other services out there that will take care of that for you so that you can have a very dynamic website that will draw more people in and help you communicate more effectively. Right. And, you know, I, I want to challenge pastors to think creatively, too, because maybe even beyond doing the entire sermon in audio form or video form, maybe even just capture a particular um, point and and then maybe post that as a two or three or four minute audio or video and then try to generate some dialogue around it by adding some questions that kind of make it an extension of the Sunday morning service that can then play mm -hmm. out, you know, as people interact with it through the website Monday to Friday, or maybe it gets posted on the church's Facebook page or gets tweeted out and then you get I just want to encourage pastors to think about engaging their people in that content a little longer than just that one hour on Sunday morning, because so often, historically, I've done it, everybody's done it. You walk out of the church service, and if somebody was to ask you a couple hours later, so what, is, what was the sermon about this morning, you have a hard time recollecting what it was. Exactly, exactly. And that doesn't even get into photographs. Exactly. You know, it's, it's real easy. I mean, everybody's got cameras. People have cameras in their phones. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's real easy to, to get pictures, and, and they upload even easier than audios or videos. Yeah. So there's tons of different ways. And, and plus you have quite often in, in most churches you'll have, you know, youth stuff and children's stuff and, you know, the different ministry areas. You know, you can have different sections on your, your website where you have different staff members or different volunteers who can upload that content and, and, you know, help nurture their ministry areas and the people that are in contact with their ministry areas all through the same website. So, you know, with these web publishing tools, it makes it easy to have a group site so the pastor or the, the church secretary doesn't have to do it all. You can spread that workload over a wider group of people so that your ministry becomes more effective. Right. And, you mentioned that your platform of choice is WordPress, and I completely endorse that. I mean, it is my uh, platform of choice as well. 
And I was just wondering if you wanted to share your thoughts on why you think WordPress is the best platform for the average church to use. There's a lot of reasons, all right? Um, one, it's relatively simple to use on a day-to-day basis, okay? Because it was designed to make web publishing easy for people and modest technical means. I'll beat that drum all day long because it's so true. I mean, I've seen it with my small business clients. I've seen it with my ministry clients. I've worked with um, some fairly large uh, faith-based nonprofits as well as some, some mid-sized churches all using WordPress. They love it. It's just easy to use. All right, so that's one reason. Um, two, it, I think the last number I heard was it, it powers something like 32 million websites and growing rapidly. Mm. So it's, it's got a huge user base. Um, so that means that there's a lot of people who do work on it. So if you're working with a vendor and you decide, eh, I'd really need to change to another vendor to help support that WordPress, there's tons of choices out there. Um, there's a lot of people who understand it. It's using relatively common technology with PHP and um, MySQL, the database and all that, that uh, it's easier to find programmers who can, who can help you with that kind of stuff if you've got something that gets a little bit higher end as your ministry grows. See, that's the other thing. It'll grow with you because they're constantly adding features, plus it's very, very capable um, what it can do. I mean, there are some of the biggest websites in the world are being powered by WordPress. Um, including some very high-traffic websites. So you combine all that stuff together, it's inexpensive. Um, the software itself is free, but you, like I said, you may need some help getting it set up initially just so that you can have um, the best features and, and have it optimized to pr- meet your needs the most effective way. But once that's done, using it on a day-to-day basis, you don't need a whole lot of technical skills. You just need somebody to show you some basic stuff, and you're ready to rock and roll. I, so, always, I always say that if, if somebody can use Microsoft Word, they can absolutely edit any page or create a new page in WordPress. Yeah, and, and the analogy I use, if you can use Gmail or Yahoo email, you know, if, or one of those web-based emails, then you got the skills you need. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's, it's drop-dead simple, and it doesn't require a whole lot of uh, training. Yeah, and it's funny because um, when I was starting to put a manual press together, I reached out to some of my people, you know, friends and, and acquaintances that I knew inside the Christian community who had active presence online just to tell them what I was doing and say, hey, I'm looking for beta testers if you know anybody. And two or three of them said, well, yeah, I would like to be one of your beta testers because I don't understand this technology stuff. I, you know, and, and these are people that I thought – had a lot of technical skills because they've been using WordPress for years. Mm. And, and I, I remember one of my friends said, Chris, I type. <laughs> That's how I use WordPress. I type. I need somebody to take care of all that stuff for me. And a manual press is a perfect fit. So it's amazing to me. You don't have to have the skills to, to look like you're very um, sophisticated and, and current on the technology side. And one of the things I like about WordPress, and I, we won't spend a lot of time on this particular point, but of all the platforms that I've researched and that I've played with, uh, WordPress does the search engine optimization thing, which essentially means it plays with Google really, really, really well. And that's important because it depends on what numbers you look at, but 80 to 90% of the people that are start on the web go through a search engine. So if your ministry website, your church website, shows up a lot in the search engines and ranks for a lot of different keywords, you're going to have more people visiting your website. And what that means is that there's more people who will hear about your ministry and learn about your ministry and potentially more people who will 
join and partner with your ministry, whether they you know, show up in, in person on a Sunday morning or um, if you're a missionary organization, they might contribute to donate, you know, those kind of things. So you want to be seen in the search engines because that's how you're going to touch more lives. Exactly. Now, let's just talk for a minute about church communication online. I've been saying mm -hmm. that, you know, that the website of a church is the hub of their communication strategy for, for a church, or it should be. So let's mm -hmm. talk about that for a minute. What, what is your perspective or take on what the vital importance is of the role of the church website? I use what I call a honeybee analogy, okay? And, and by that, basically, I, the first goal of any organization if they're trying to communicate effectively online, is to create a strong, healthy hive of activity, all right? And that is your main website, your main ministry website. Um, you want to have uh, a lot of people coming in. You want to have a lot of people looking at it and, and interacting on that site so that it's a healthy hive of activity. Um, and we can go into what it takes to do that. One of them is the search engine optimization things we talked about. Um, you want to putting up a regular new content on a, on a regular, consistent basis um, and, and do that so you get your strong, healthy hive of activity going on your main ministry website. And then you want to you know, start bringing in traffic. You want to attract a swarm of people. So you want to get lots of people coming to your main ministry website so that you can have that healthy hive of activity. And once you have the the, the traffic coming in, that's when you go out to Facebook and Twitter and uh, YouTube and start building those um, outposts out there, you know, those pollination points, so that you can generate a buzz. Because once you generate a buzz, that's just going to bring in more traffic, and the cycle starts repeating itself, and eventually it just kind of starts to grow organically. You know, but it starts with what I call a honeybee analogy, and, and it, it all anchors, like you said, that strong, healthy hub. I call it a healthy hive of activity on your main ministry website. Well, I, and I really like that analogy uh, because I think people can picture that. And the nice part, too, is that as new tools evolve that are other social media tools, whatever they're going to be, in the next year, two, three, there's going to be the next thing. It's going to be another um, some sort of communication tool like Facebook or Twitter that's going to come on the scene. But if you've got that hive in place, then you have your home base. You have the place to to kind of um, bring people and keep all of your core content, all the, the real good sweet stuff, if you will, in one place, mm -hmm. and then have all that other stuff as extension points that draw people in. I, I really like that analogy. Yeah, and it basically you're just adding a new pollination point. Because here's the thing. I, I know of churches in my local area, their only significant web presence is on Facebook. Mm. And I've talked to the pastors, and they're like, look, there's a half a billion people on Facebook. Why do I need to go anywhere else? There, there's, there's enough souls to save there. I, I said, I get that. But here's the thing. Facebook is king now. That is where it's at. That is where the people are online. That may not be true a year from now, five years from now. I mean, if you look backwards five years, you know, it was MySpace and Friendster. And now people, some people are like, Friendster, what's that? I've never even heard of that. That was the big <laughs> thing before MySpace. Yeah. You know, these, these social media sites come and go and, with amazing speed. And, and so it's just foolish to not have a place to call your own online. And the thing is, it doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg. You know, people are like, oh, my gosh, you've got to have a website. It's going to cost thousands of dollars. It doesn't have to. 
You know, you can spend a ton of money, but you don't need to to have an effective web presence that will accomplish all these goals. It's true, and I think that that's sort of the misconception that most leaders have. Oh, well, if we are going to redo our website, it's going to cost us a fortune, and we really don't have the budget for it. But the truth is that it, even if you have a really well-designed graphically website and you ha bring in a graphic designer to do that or, or a firm to, to customize that WordPress template or whatever, it still actually is a whole lot more affordable than most pastors realize or what most church leaders realize. Mm -hmm. That's true. Even, even a high-end website, is, but the key is they have to have the understanding of, of what the components are they need. And, you know, there's a lot of do-it-yourself tools for the, the smaller organizations that uh, you know don't have the, the, the financial resources and, and probably don't even have the time either. That's, that's what I created Emanuel Press to do. That, those, that's the need that I'm, I'm meeting, is the people that don't have the budget, don't have the time, but they know they need to have a web presence that will take them into the next you know, era online. You know, because web publishing, this whole social media thing, I've, I've done a lot of research on it. I've been working in it for five years. It is as revolutionary a communications medium as when Gutenberg invented the press, the movable type press, so that you could print more bottles. Mm. And the church needs to embrace this because we have the opportunity to reach more people with less t money in less time than ever before in history. You know, there should be no greater call for the gospel than to actively engage social media right now. That's my opinion. Well, we really appreciate you sharing your time, your insights, your experience, and your passion with us today. Before we go, can you just give us your online coordinates? Should uh, anybody want to connect with you there to continue some of this dialogue? Sure. Um, my name is Chris Cree, C-H-R-I-S-C-R-E-E. -E. If you were to Google that, you'll find me just about everywhere. Um, the easiest way to find a little bit about me is to go to about.me slash Chris Cree. All right, if you want to learn more about Emanuel Press, go to emmanuelpress.com, um, and you'll find the links in the About Me. Um, I'm on Twitter. My, my username is Chris Cree. Um, Facebook, if you facebook.com slash Chris Cree, facebook.com slash Emanuel Press. I am online. <laughs> I'm yeah. easy to find. And you're living what you're preaching, and I appreciate that. So thanks so much for today. It's been good to get to know a, a little bit about you, and uh, I look forward to us reconnecting at some point in the future. Oh, I, I think our paths are going to cross a bunch because we definitely see eye to eye on this whole ministry online thing. Thank you for joining us for today's Ministry Story Podcast. Feel free to post any comments you may have on ministrystory.com. Our podcast theme song is Could This Be the End of the Hiding by The Contact, who can be found at thecontactmusic.com. Please join us every Monday for another inspirational conversation designed to increase ministry effectiveness as we share the greatest story ever told.